you're new here, welcome. I'm so glad that you stopped by and I hope you found some value in this episode. All right, folks, we're nearing the 11th hour, the week before Christmas countdown. And I know some of us could use a little extra help, support, and maybe even some fresh ideas on how to handle those holiday disappointments. Better to be prepared than caught off guard, as my mom used to say. Before we dive all into this survival guide of sorts, please let me introduce myself. Hi there, my name is Dr. Kelly Ray, and I'm a mindset coach, counselor, notably known as the Inner Critic Tamer, and I am super passionate about helping others just like you and me who have gone through some things that we don't necessarily blast on social media for people to know, but we know that we want to do better. We want to feel better, not just because of ourselves, but because we know it's good for those around us as well. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame that inner critic, whether it be that inner childhood conditioning or things that have tripped you up or knocked you over along your path and help you learn how to tame that rascal so that you can live the vibrant life that I truly believe you were designed to live. And during this episode, we're going to be talking about ways to help you out should there be any holiday disappointment with kids, whether they're young, old, and even adultish, right? Some adults act like a kid in a positive and a tantrum way, right? All right, let's dive in. With the holidays approaching and the challenges of uncertainty of things going on, such as job loss, inflation, financial struggles, maybe shipping delays, maybe health concerns, whatever it may be, you may be wondering how to help your kid or kids cope with the disappointment of things being what it is this year. I'm breaking this down in age range chunks, but tips that I'm going to give you for these youngsters can also be used for older teens and even adults. It doesn't matter, they're all applicable, but I just thought it would be helpful if we broke them down in age grouping chunks. So let's get started on that. So for the zero to three-year-olds, focus on quality time during the holidays and don't worry about the details. Kids this age will not be able to recall detailed memories of holidays past and will not recall the events of this year in the future. It's okay to keep things very simple for kids this age in terms of celebrations and explanations and all of that. They really do not need a pair of Gucci tennis shoes or a handbag or, you know, Louis Vuitton luggage. Do they, do they really need that? Maybe, maybe you, you keep that for high school graduation or college graduation or something. But in the meantime, that's not necessarily going to mean diddly squat for a zero to three-year-old. All kids benefit from having quiet downtime to feel love and attention from their parents. It's also a great time for parents to have a little downtime as well. So consider making this a family affair and having a good old-fashioned nap session or something. For those four to six-year-olds, create new holiday traditions. 
Establish traditions within your immediate family, whether it's making a holiday decorations or homemade gifts or cooking a special meal. In addition to maybe visiting friends, family, or even Santa, we're now fortunate enough with video conferencing to have those moments also with those people that live out of town. And don't expect these little youngins to want to sit on the video conferencing for a long time. They're going to want to run around the house or show you what they got or whatever. Be patient with that. It's They're not dialed in adults that can be zombies looking at a phone. Thank God. Let them be kids. Also, writing letters and making cards. That is still a thing, folks. We can still do that. And it's, why not? I mean, they can be e-cards for sure, but how fun to actually write a good old-fashioned letter to someone. So another one that might be a trigger for some folks is don't punish kids for having a negative reaction to any holiday changes that happened this year. Let them know that it's okay to feel sad or disappointed or upset. You can even share with them examples of how you've felt the same way and how you managed it. Remember, you are the example for them. And finding a way to allow them to feel their feelings and how to move through their feelings are key. We don't want anyone getting stuck in their feelings. We see a lot of that, right? People become addicted to their their symptoms. They get addicted to, I'm anxious, I'm, I have panic attacks, I'm OCD, I'm ADHD. Those become crippling tactics rather than empowering tools. And, and maybe some people are using that as a form of empowerment, but I'm telling you, it's not. You are more than any of those things. So being able to teach your kids how to understand their feelings, be allowed to have their feelings, but then having a way for them to process them in a healthy way is key. Find the positive and teach positive self-talk. For example, since we don't have to travel this year, we get extra time to relax and play at home. Find ways to give them examples and then see if they can't give you some examples too. Let them be a participant in this. Six to 12-year-olds, help your kid cope with holiday blues and build resilience for their future. You're teaching them that. If this year is going to be different for them, then validate their feelings of disappointment and sadness about changes to their holiday tradition. It's normal and okay to feel angry, frustrated, or sad. As a reminder, in life, things change. And we have to work through those changes. Remember that helping kids overcome disappointment helps them build resiliency. Ask them for their ideas on how to make the holiday special. Maybe consider teaching fun relaxation strategies. Try yoga, for example, for the first time. 
or practice slow breathing in and out. That's helping to calm your central nervous system. If you can calm your central nervous system, then you're able then to make better sound decisions on how you want to move forward or do something next. And one of my favorites, I teach this all of the time. You hear me mention it in several of these episodes. It's gratitude. Teaching them how to be grateful, meaning having them recite things that they're grateful for. Look, as humans, we are designed to look for what's wrong. It's a primordial survival mechanism that we are pre-programmed with. So learning to seek what is working well or what one is grateful for is a skill that we have to teach ourselves. What better way than to teach them at a very, very young age how to tap into that skill rather than going through 50 years of life and then having to learn it. Believe me, you learn it much easier when you're younger. Okay, so for those 13 to 18-year-olds, listen and encourage safe holiday activities. Ask your teens how they're feeling. Let them know you're there to talk. Listen. Often, teens just want somebody to listen to them and not solve the problems for them, not tell them how you would have done it. I, you know, I'm guilty of that same thing myself, and as soon as I go into problem-solving mode, I can just see... Even in my own kid, there's like a shield that just goes over her eyes. Like she's just checked out because that wasn't, that wasn't what was necessary. That wasn't helpful. And it's, and it's easy as a parent to want to help make life easier for them. But sometimes it's a matter of giving them permission to thought process out loud. So give them that. Offer perspectives on the situation by looking at a bigger picture. Oftentimes offering a perspective is hey, what do you think about this? Or how, how would it look if... And then big picture idea. Again, allowing them to answer that question and put in their own thoughts of how that should look. Allow them a sense of control by giving them choices. Maybe to have friends over on a different day to celebrate their own special holidays or allowing them to plan a special activity. Encourage positive social activities to honor the holiday season, such as how to volunteer, maybe adopting a family to give gifts to or make a meal for, something like that. This next part is for parents and caregivers. Manage your own disappointment about this holiday season. This might be the year that you're just on fire and you're just so excited and it's just like the best season you can remember having in a long time. Fantastic. Spread that like wildfire if you would please. But like life, there's always ups, downs, ebbs, flows. We have seasons, right? So maybe you're in a season that you're not feeling on fire. Maybe you're feeling sad, worried, anxious, grieving because maybe you've lost special people in your life this year. Allow yourself to feel that. Do something to nurture yourself. And maybe that just means 
not attending so many holiday events, or maybe it's not getting together big for big family gatherings, if that would be too emotionally taxing for you. Maybe make arrangements to get together after the first of the year, whatever it may be, but be willing to communicate that. Adjust your expectations. Look at the big picture. What is This is one little moment of time. And if you were to look beyond just whatever this moment of time is, have something to look forward to in the future. Create a vision of what you want it to look like in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, six months from now. Kids take cues from their parents or their caregivers. So if you maintain a positive, cheerful, and even calmer demeanor, your kids will pick up on that and do the same. Look, they also read energy. So although you might be sitting there stressed inside but a smile on your face, I can tell you that they can feel your energy of being stressed. So it's really in your best interest to take maybe some of the tips I mentioned earlier, like yoga or doing some slow breathing. Maybe it's getting out that gratitude journal that maybe got put aside because you got busy doing other things. In addition to finding ways to understand and support the feelings of your kids, you can also find creative ways to celebrate the holidays despite any hardship or change that may be going on this year. What our kids need to get through tough times is resilience. Resilience is the ability to overcome serious stress or difficulty and bounce back stronger than ever. This is just one, again, one blip of time. There may be other holidays down the road that if you're setting the tone this holiday to be gloom and doom and frustration and angst and stress, then that could be planting the seed for any other future holiday events. And we can just be mindful of that so that we're not planting that seed. Look, what happened during COVID was stressful in too many ways to count. And our kids have been impacted by all of that, still even today in some ways. Their routines were upended. Their friendships were suddenly long distance or non-existent. And they had to deal with loss of milestone events like championship games or proms or pictures with Santa or graduation. These are just to name a few. Kids are also very perceptive, which means they can't help but pick up the anxiety of the adults around them, even when they're trying to best to hide it, despite how toxic the stress of the few years have been. There is good news. We can help our kids be resilient. Here's the thing. Some people are still living as if they're under the conditions or restrictions of COVID, meaning their mindset is stuck on lockdown. They haven't allowed themselves to get back out, create a vibrant life for themselves, still stuck on what's not working, still focused on being mad with just about anything, still complaining, still talking about their money problems, their health problems, their relation problems, you name it. And if you don't think that's not impacting your kids, I'm here to tell you you're wrong. It's absolutely impacting them. I'm here to tell you that you and your kids deserve so much more. And it's absolutely possible to shift that mindset. 
I teach this to people every single day on how to do that. And if you continue listening, I'm going to give you ways that you can connect with me and I can teach you as well. There are many keys to resilience, and I want to talk about some of those. Connection. Even in difficult times, kids do well when they have stable, supportive adults in their lives and meaningful ways to stay connected. Routines. Routines provide a sense of safety, control, and predictability, helping younger kids master a daily routine that you set for them and then later learn to develop and keep it on their own is essential. For example, making their bed or brushing their teeth every day. Self-care. Kids become more resilient when they know how to tune in to their feelings and learn how to manage worry in a healthy way. Self-efficacy. When kids believe in their own abilities and having a feeling of, I can do this, they turn challenges into opportunities for growth. This supports the development of their self-esteem. Family, whatever that looks like to you. Family traditions give kids the connection and stability that they crave. Even during uncertain times, they're a foundation for hope and reassurance. Mindfulness. When kids learn how to focus on the present moment, they become better at managing stress and adapting to change as opposed to worrying about the future, the unknown, right? Play. Play is fundamental to how kids learn, especially young kids. It allows kids to make mistakes in a safe and comfortable environment and develop problem-solving skills. Resilience is the ability to endure a significant stress and still thrive. It comes from kids having the tools and confidence to solve problems, overcome challenges, pick themselves up from failure, and emerge stronger, braver, more confident, and more optimistic than ever. Many kids, especially young kids, have a lot of natural resilience But resilience can also be strengthened like a muscle or a skill. Kids learn skills for resilience with help from adults through a process called scaffolding. One of them, scaffolding, just like construction, is to help support a building until it can stand on its own. Developmental scaffolding is used to support children until they can emotionally stand on their own. So some benefits of scaffolding are that motivates kids to learn things themselves, encourages discovery, increases ability to learn new concepts, improves independence, provides support and care, helps kids learn to control their actions, which equates to also their emotions, reduces anxiety and uncertainty. It improves engagement with learning and minimizes frustration. How awesome is that? Resilience has both internal and external elements. 
Just like building a structure, children have external and internal supports and developing resilience. The single most important factor in a kid's resilience is having at least one strong, stable, and supportive relationship with an adult. This is an external support. The skills we teach kids to use are internal supports. In the same way that some kids are naturals at math, at music, or sports, resilience comes more naturally to some kids than others. So if you have an easygoing kid, they might adapt more easily to the changes going on around them. If you have an anxious or fussy kid, they might need a little extra external support like hugs, reassurance, and teaching, but they can still develop internal resilience. It's important to remember, regardless of a child's innate internal resilience, we can coach and support them to develop resilience skills. Look, All of the skills, habits, and techniques that we have as adults are things that we have practiced and developed over time. We didn't just magically have them. We developed them, and some of them we need to underdevelop or let go of because they actually have now become unhealthy habits for us. But that's a whole other episode. We're talking how to deal with this holiday stuff with kids and managing disappointments. I'd like to share with you a mindfulness technique that both you and your kid or kids can do. It's called the five senses. This technique is great to help both kids and adults be present in their bodies and the space around them. Look, things get kind of fast and out of whack and you know because we're not eating right maybe not sleeping right having more things than we'd have normally in our regular routine and so we can get a little unfocused and we can as a result of being unfocused could feel a little bit more stress we could feel a little bit more anxious we could feel a whole number of things so this technique is not just for this time period but it's a great time to introduce this if you're not already aware of what it is. So for example, have your kid and do this with them, or you can do this on your own first and then teach it to them. Find five objects that they can see right now, or you can see right now. Four objects that they can feel or touch right now three things they can hear right now, two things that they can smell right now, and one thing they can taste right now. This technique allows you to slow down, focus, and concentrate in present moment. It helps calm anxiety It helps bring your energy back into your body. It helps with your breathing. It helps slow the chatter in your mind. It allows you to feel in control of the moment once again. Okay, as we begin to wrap up this week's episode, I want to remind you that you got this. 
parenting is one of the greatest gifts, challenges, and obstacles you'll probably ever navigate, as there is there isn't a one-size-fits-all, nor will every year turn out perfectly. So give yourself a pat on the back for taking on one of the greatest roles in the world. And just by listening to this episode, taking in some of these ideas and trying them out, you're already putting your kid's best interest at heart and being a supportive parent. If you find that your kid needs more support, you might consider reaching out to their pediatrician. And if you find you need a little extra support, then I encourage you to get in touch with me and let's have a conversation. Last, if you found this helpful and would like more topics like this, I need to know so that I can help curate that and and share that with you. I'm also going to encourage you to subscribe and follow this podcast and share it because you just never know who might be needing this at the time that you share it for them. And lastly, here's ways that you can connect with me or schedule an appointment with me. I'm on Instagram at AskDrKellyRay. It's D-R-K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. I'm on Facebook at Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. I'm on TikTok at Dr. Kelly Ray. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. I wish for you a fantastic week. Christmas is coming faster than we know. And I just hope that you find peace and joy and have moments to smile and moments to maybe even reflect however you choose to do it. I wish that it turns out just the way you would like it to. Until next week, please know I send you so much.